0: hope you hope you 've enjoyed the impact videos we 've had uh during this during uh this different the series that we 've been doing um, it's been great uh, hopefully we'll get those up on our website um, so you can see them and uh thanks to Doug Marchant for putting those videos together um, They were good so we're ending our impact series um, and uh, this is our fifth installment of the impact series It, it seems Crazy, it was only five weeks ago that we launched this idea that it's time for our church to expand. It's time for our church to make an impact. And so, uh, you know, we, we really believe that as followers of Jesus, we're called to make an impact. Not just meet in a building once a week. What is that? But to actually go and bring the good news, the gospel of Jesus everywhere that we go. And so uh, we've been kind of focusing on this verse in Acts seventeen six. It says, "These who have turned the world upside down have come here too." And when the Christians made their made their way into Thessalonica, the religious people were a little afraid. Oh no, the world changers are here. We don't want our world changed. But God just turned that place upside down for the kingdom, and it was, it was an amazing, amazing thing. And so we know that God is calling us to expand our footprint in Thomasville and Thomas County. You know, you're a missionary to Thomasville, or Cairo, or Moultrie, or wherever you live. You're a missionary there. You are called to bring the kingdom to wherever you are. You know, we think of missionaries as people who travel overseas. And going to another country, but 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 believers in Jesus are missionaries. Well, how, well, how do you know that I'm a missionary to Thomasville? Because you're here. Wherever you go, you're a missionary to that place. And so we're called to make. And, impact. And, and and one of the ways that, that we see the Lord leading us is it's time for us to bite the bullet, take the leap of faith, and expand uh, naturally so that he can bring about even more expansion spiritually. We're out of room for our children. We're quickly becoming out of room for the adults uh, as well. And so we had named different impact tiers, of uh, fundraising that we want to do. Um, we've got our beginner impact tier. We've got our uh, debt reduction, which is greater impact. We've got maximum impact, which would pay for a new sanctuary that's got room for everyone. we go back to one service, and, and, um, and we would be able to um, repurpose existing areas for larger children's space. We have a dream. It's a, actually have the plans in front of this, which this thing is kind of cool, isn't it? Someone built this for us. Um, and uh, the plans are on the front of a big two-story building. Uh, and so we're just believing that God's going to make this happen. Uh, I've told you guys before, it's it's a lot easier on me if we don't do this. <laughs> it's kind of fun to be able to say, yeah, we're jam-packed all the time at this church. Um, but that's not where God's heart is. God's heart is reaching the, the people in the community like Ben who need a place um, to get filled up, to get discipled, and to get set on fire so that they can bring the fire of God everywhere they go. Amen. So we've been asking you guys, first of all, uh, First Fruits Offering on March 5th, which, hey, that's today. Amen. And that's why we've got all this going on, is we've, we've asked for you to pray about it, fast about it, and and decide, you and the Lord, You know what's, what can I give towards this in a one-time gift? Um, and so we also ask that you commit to an additional uh, regular amount over the next three years. We've been looking at this from a three-year perspective, and uh, pray that you've been um praying over that and and we'll we'll give instructions on how to do that in just a moment um you know prayer is so important uh we have an intercessory prayer team that meets here regularly every single week and I, i i on a regular basis tell them if you feel like god's telling you to quit then you didn't hear god because that is what fuels the ministry and the presence that we experience here at VFC. And then, lastly, we're going to continue to be VFC. Uh, it's very, very important to me that while we do some natural changes and, and 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 ask God to to bring about you know physical structures and buildings, that we not lose focus. The focus is not buildings; it's people. It's it's people. It's 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 bringing the kingdom of God and announcing to people, "Hey, the kingdom of God has come near. Let me show you. Let me love you. Let me demonstrate His heart to you." So so that's what we're asking um, uh, through this impact series, and we'll give you some instructions in a little bit on, on how to give to that. So, but we're really pumped, and uh, this morning uh, the the sermon is called "The Invitation to Impact." You know that you don't have to make an impact. You don't have to. God is issuing an invitation though. And he's saying, will you join me in my desire to bless the community? Will you join me in what I'm doing in this region? God loves you. He loves you unconditionally. That's what's so good about him. But he is looking for alignment. He is looking for partnership with his will. And we want to be a church that comes into alignment with his will. So we've been talking about impact. And we learned in previous weeks, we, we learned how Peter uh, made significant impact. We learned that you don't have to be perfect to make impact. Amen. Right? Peter was an incredibly imperfect person. Um, we learned also that you don't have to have a ton of stuff to make an impact. We learned about kingdom math: two plus five equals twelve, and that was the the, the feeding of the five thousand, where where uh, God took just a little bit and made it something big, you know. And and so we we are we are looking to the Lord to do miraculous things. And this morning, I want to close up, and I know we're short on time, so it's not going to be super long this morning. But I want to talk about. Ananias and Saul. Now, there are two Ananias in the Bible. There's one, Ananias and Sapphira, who lied to the Lord about how much they sold their land for, and then they died. So we're not talking about that this morning. Um, you can read about that one. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty crazy story. They have to drag them out. And it's, anyway, but yeah, yeah. In impact with a bang, hey, don't lie to God. Blur, you know. <laughs> not that Ananias, okay? It's kind of, you know. A different Ananias, and then Saul, who you probably know more as Paul, who was the apostle after the apostles, who was tasked by the Lord to take the good news of Jesus Christ not just to the Jews but to the Gentiles. And so we're going to look at at um, at how Ananias made an impact through. Well, how he interacted with Saul. And so, um, you can read along with me. It's Acts chapter nine. We're going to read verses one through 22. I'm in the new living translation of the scripture. If you don't have that, you might just want to listen, uh, cause it's sometimes hard to read one, one version and, and listen to another. But verse one, uh, meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Okay. Saul was not a good guy at this point. All right. He was actually, um, he had been given uh, the, the task of breaking up the early church, dragging them out of their meetings, and putting them in jail with the intention of their death. All right. He didn't actually stab them or something himself, but he made it to where they were going to die for their beliefs. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. That's what Christianity was called, by the way. It was called the way. Um, Christians and Christianity was was later on, but it was called the way. So any followers of the way that he found there, he wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Verse 3, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down on him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. Smart guy. He knows whoever just knocked him off his donkey is God. <laughs> right? Who are you, Lord? <laughs> right? Who are you? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Could you imagine your whole world being flipped? Everything you thought was right was wrong, and everything you thought was wrong was right. And then in one moment, he has an encounter with God. I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The New King James, the King James translation of the Bible has an extra line in it. It says it's hard for you to kick against the goads or kick against the pricks. And basically it's a phrase back then. It, it, he just It's like, it's like saying, it's, you are banging your head against the wall. That's how we would say it, right? You keep trying and trying and trying and it's hurting you and you're not doing any good anyway. And so he's saying, look, it's time for you to change. So he, so he goes into this, verse 7. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but Saul no one. Yeah, it's pretty freaky. Verse 8, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. This was a really big uh, encounter that he had. Verse 10, now we're going to get to Ananias. Verse 10, now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias, yes, Lord, which, by the way, if God calls your name, yes, Lord, is a great response. Verse 11, the Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. That's not the Judas in the Bible. It's a different Judas. It was a common name, okay? To the house of Judas on Straight Street. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus called Saul. He's praying to me right now. I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Now, it's interesting. The Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision. In a vision. And in other translations, it's interesting to read. Ananias is probably watching this. He's probably seeing Saul praying. All right? Because in one version it says, behold. In other words, look. Here's, here's you know, that's kind of, this is what he looks like when you get into Judas' house. And he goes, and I've shown him what you look like in a vision as well, all right, which is, that would kind of freak me out. Like, if Jesus was like, hey, I showed them what you look like already. I'm like, like, was that my good side, or I wasn't getting dressed, was I? Like, how did you, how did this work, you know? It's just the the kind of things I think of. But I've shown him in a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, y'all have good excuses when God tells you to do stuff. Yeah, I do too, but actually our excuses aren't very good. This is a good excuse. All right, this is, this is a really good excuse. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. He is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Like God didn't know. But still, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's, that's a good excuse, Hey, I want you to go share that you're a Jesus follower with this guy who ensures that Jesus followers die for it. But Lord, (laughs) right? Well, the Lord said, verse 15, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, that's not a punishment. God's not punishing Paul for what he did in his former life. But he's saying, I am called. See, God needed a pit bull. Think about it. God needed someone to take the Jewish Messiah and reveal the truth of who he was. Not just the Jewish Messiah, but the Messiah for the entire world. He needed a pit bull. He needed someone that was going to get beaten and get back up. And he said, oh, I see your zeal for the church. I I see your zeal. Like, I see how you like to kill Christians. Okay, tell you what. You're going to kill the kingdom of the enemy now. And you're going to take out all that focus, all that aggression, and, and you're going to be mine now. I love it. Verse 17, so Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. That's kind of gross, but okay. And he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and immediately began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to leading priests? Verse 22, Saul's preaching became more and more powerful. And the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Wow. What an incredible encounter this guy had. And what an incredible job Ananias had in, in helping facilitate what God was doing. I, I want to look this morning very quickly. I want to look at three different things that are characteristics of the impact that Ananias made. Okay? Because this was the beginning. The ministry of, of, of Saul, he later was renamed Paul. The ministry of Paul is, 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 has affected the world. Now, he wasn't alone, he's not the only guy, but he wrote two thirds of the Bible. And, and many of you came to Christ hearing the words that Paul wrote. And so this was an amazingly impactful moment. So I want to look at three things that characterize Ananias' impact. And the first one is this. It was just obedience. If you want to make an impact, you've got to be willing to obey. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 tells the story. Of Saul, the Lord uh, and, and, uh, asked him, Saul in the Old Testament asked him to do something specific and he didn't do it he made excuses and he justified his disobedience and so Samuel said to obey is better than sacrifice see Saul thought he was doing something good in this Old Testament passage I'll let you read it on your own but he wasn't because he wasn't obeying how many times have you had a better idea than God? I have. God tells you to do this. You're like, oh, I've got a better idea, Lord. I'll, I'll get to that, you know, if it works out. But what about this, huh? Huh? And God's like, okay, no. Um, I just, just that, just the thing I told you. That's it. <laughs> right? It's just simple obedience. And obedience involves Movement. You have to do something to obey. You've got to come into alignment, into agreement with what the Lord is doing. And that's why I'm so excited about impact is I think we all as a congregation, I think we feel the momentum. I think we feel the movement of the Lord. I think, I think we feel that he's calling us to something bigger, something greater, something beyond us. You know, I firmly believe that Christians and the world in general, we really won't be happy until we're fixated on something or someone besides ourselves. And God is calling us to move beyond ourselves. Hey, what a great church service. Yay, praise team was great. Okay, great. Let's go eat and undertip our waitress. No. Let's make a change in our community, right? Obedience also requires hearing. You got to learn to hear, and we talked about that at the beginning of the year. You got to learn to hear the voice of God in order to obey the voice of God. Are you training yourself to hear from God? Or are you just hoping maybe He writes it on the wall? Look, I like writings on the wall as well. I like it. I pray all the time, Lord, make it easy for me. I am stupid. I need easy. I pray that. That's a good prayer. But are you training yourself to hear? I wonder about these things. I wonder if Ananias was the first guy that the Lord wanted to send to Paul. I wonder if he had to skip over a few people because they were busy doing other things than listening. I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be the church guys. Like, I need a church that's going to love people and going to display my kingdom to everyone. Will you be that church? And then we're all, la, 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 doing our own thing. Just having church. I don't want to be that church. I want to be obedient. Here's the second thing I see in this is courage. This took serious courage to invite a murderous man into your life. That takes a lot of courage. You got it. That's right. First John 4. <laughs> Sounds like someone's had some personal experience. First John 4 says, That perfect love, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. You know, we want to have courage, but you know, you can have self-fueled courage. You can be brave and be bold because of how it benefits you. We don't want that. You you can be brave and bold because of what you're going to get out of it, right? We don't want that. Um... We want courage that's fueled by love. Verse John 4, it says, it, says, it says that perfect love casts out fear, and that when we know how much we're loved by the Father, we can then extend that love to other people. Amen. We want to be courageous. Guys, where is the church in our area that will accept people, that will accept people, even if we're not totally sure of their intentions? Where's that church? Is that going to be us? I can't do that. I'd like for it to be, but I can't do that by myself. Where's the church that doesn't turn up their nose at someone who doesn't dress like them? Where's the church that doesn't get mad at someone because they were never taught how to act and how to speak? Where's that church? Are you guys going to be that church? I mean, we, we, we need that place. We need a place where of Ananias' where the Lord can send Saul and say, Look, this guy's rough. But I need you to train him, disciple him. I need you to pray for him. You know, we have on our walls, belong, believe, become. We believe that you belong first. When Ananias came and he saw Saul, He called him brother, verse 17. He laid hands on him and said, brother Saul. He didn't know what he believed yet. He didn't know what he was becoming yet, but he knew he was his brother. And he said, you belong first. Are are we going to be that church? Uh, You know, we've got to make a decision. It takes courage to accept God's invitation for impact. It takes courage. He's issuing the invitation. Are we going to take it? Here's the third thing I see. is power. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says that the kingdom of God is not just in talk, but in power. In power. You know, it's just so weird to me that the church in general talks about a supernatural God who raised from the dead... Who did all this stuff, and we never demonstrate anything supernatural in our church services? This is just weird to me. You know, that's one of the reasons that we pursue healing here. It's one of the reasons why we pursue the spiritual gifts it's because we want to demonstrate to people that it's real. Now I know it can get weird sometimes. You know, someone speaks in a language that's not their native language. That's Okay, it's weird. I'm like, I'm with you. I'm cool. But how else is God going to get our attention? We're so numb. We're so numb. He's like, maybe if I have them speak a language they don't know, they'll listen. Well, for most of us, we don't just listen. We then condemn it. It's out of our comfort zone. We need the power. We need the power. When Ananias prayed for Saul, stuff happened. He received his sight back. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. If you'd been invited, now just take personal inventory. I'm not trying to pile on, make you feel bad, but be honest with you. If you'd been invited over to Judas' house on Straight Street to go pray for a maniacal guy that was trying to destroy Christianity, would you have the power to lay hands on him and see him healed? Would you? Are you pursuing that? See, now your salvation, now please understand this, your salvation is not of works. It's by grace through faith. That's it. Nothing else. OK? But working in ministry, working in power, learning how to move in the things of the spirit, learning how to move in the things of the kingdom, it's a progression. The supernatural is tied to obedience and courage, the first two things. The more obedient you are and the more courageous and risky you are in your faith, the more power you will see in your life. Are you training yourself? Is your life demonstrating the kingdom of God, or is it just all talk? It's interesting. Uh, y'all know the story of the, the woman with the issue of blood. When, she, was, when you know, she touched Jesus, Jesus healed someone without knowing it, which is really cool. I'd like to do that one day. <laughs> you healed? Really? I didn't. Okay, cool. That's like easy. I like that kind of stuff. I like easy. So, Scripture says, though, when she touched the hem of his garment, it says... Power came out of it. And if you look in the King James, and you can look that word up in Greek, it means virtue. Hmm. Now, this is not a works. Sir. I'm not talking works, okay? You are saved by grace through faith alone, okay? But you are saved for works. You're not saved by works. You get the difference? You're not saved by works. You're saved by grace through faith. But you are saved for works. You are saved for a purpose. You are saved for a function, To do something with it. Not just to sit on the pew and I'm saved, brother. Who cares? That's good for you, but what about everyone else? And so we've got to have the power at work in our life. Obedience, courage, and power. So I'm ending and I want to ask you, I always ask you guys a question. It's the same question I've asked you every time. Are you ready to make an impact? Are you ready to make an impact? Are you ready to make an impact? Here's what we're going to do. Um, many of you have been praying over, over giving towards this impact initiative, and now is your chance. Okay, Let me give you some instructions. First of all, if you're a visitor here, you didn't know this was going on, hey, so glad you're there's grace. Okay, we're not going to. Okay, we love you. Okay, we love you. Um, we don't expect you to do anything other than what God tells you to. Okay? We also know that as we've been praying and fasting and seeking the Lord for two things, the first fruits offering and also a commitment for the future, we know that not everyone has, has been able to uh, talk to several people. They're waiting for um, uh, tax returns. They're waiting for inheritances. They're waiting for business deals and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Like there's, there's, no, there's, there's no shame. Okay? There's, there's no guilt. There's no guilt obey what the Lord tells you to do, okay? But we wanted to choose today as the day that we all come together and we say, we're on board, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this, okay? And so there is, uh, if you don't have it already, there's an envelope that says impact. I'm gonna invite you in in a moment uh, to come up and we're all gonna um, drop this here and we're we're gonna sow seed into this impact initiative, okay? Two things, first of all, You put your first fruits offering inside the envelope, okay? Now, some of you give online. That's cool. You can just write gave online on this and let us know, and and the people will go find it, the the financial people here, okay? Um, Also, you've got a pledge amount, so that's over the life of the three years that we're asking about, and then you can say how often you're doing this little checkbox, okay? If you have any questions, email us, call us, whatever. We want this to be an, an easy process for you, Okay? Now I want to let you know the leadership of the church. This is the, the pastors, the elders, the trustees, and those that are helping us have been helping us through this impact initiative. We met last night. We had a great dinner, chicken and rice. That was good. It's good stuff. See, I'm torturing y'all because I know you're hungry. So we had green beans. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, so we, oh, and uh, we got together and we we did our. Um, First Fruits Giving, and we gave our pledges for the next three years. And I just want to let you know, the leadership of the church, last night, our First Fruits Giving totaled $39,000, and our pledges over the next three years um, totaled $98,000. And so, uh, leadership leads. We go first, and so, there we go. Uh, We believe in what the Lord's doing here at the church. So I'm going to call the praise team up, and they're going to play a final song. We're going to worship. And as we do in just a moment, I'm going to, I'm going to pray over you, and then we're, we're going to give. Now, again, if you didn't know about this this morning or you weren't able to have something, there's grace, okay? Uh, we, 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 but we do want you to be a part. We're going to be doing this for a while. Uh, we won't be announcing totals for a couple of weeks for the very reason um, you know, that we know it sometimes takes more time than you realize. I did sell my Jeep, though, for those of you that were, yeah, yeah. Last minute, woo. Um, but, we're, but Tiffany and I were able to give what we wanted to give. So, this was awesome. So, um, I want you. I, I, I want to pray. If you've got your envelope, uh, and it, uh, I want you to hold on to it. If, if you are here with a spouse, um, I want you and your spouse to hold on to it together. And I'm going to pray over, over these offerings, okay? Father, we thank you. Lord, you don't want our money. You want our hearts. And Lord, with our hearts comes every part of who we are. So Lord, this is not about money. What this is about, Father, is obeying you. What this is about, Lord, is being courageous, being bold, being unafraid. And what this is about, God, is walking in supernatural power. We're God's children. Of course we would be supernatural. So, Father, we we take these gifts. Lord, we attach our faith to it. It's not just something we do because it's what we do but intentionally and with purpose we choose to give this knowing God that you're going to take it and you're going to turn it into something wonderful you're going to turn it into something beautiful you're going to turn it into something we could never do by ourselves father we just pray for synergy that that would happen God we just pray that you continue to do miracles and father I personally bless each person God who is giving into this initiative Father may you take over their lives in every single area Father Lord we receive your salvation total salvation body soul and spirit we receive total salvation total restoration in Jesus name in Jesus name Amen Amen. Let's stand and sing one final song. When the Lord leads you, go ahead and come up and place your offering here in the basket. Oh You're worthy of it all. Come on. You are worthy of it all. you and him you're worthy you were worthy of it all you were worthy of it all for from